Gavin Lajeunet is the head of strategy and insight at Dot Digital. He's on the product side, but he spends a lot of time working with brands to get the best value out of their tech. On this episode, we had a great chat about doing better email marketing and also how Gavin helps people on brand side prove the value of email. This is Email Talk, a podcast for email geeks by email geeks about how to be a better email geek. I'm Elliot Ross from Action Rocket and Taxi for Email, and I'm your host. So let's kick off then. So on this podcast, what we do is we ask three things, and then one of them is going to be a lie, and at the end, we'll have a bit of a chat and work out which one it is. So Gavin, what are your three things? Um, my three things, okay. I need to deliver them properly so you can't tell which one's which. Yeah, poker face. Um, right. <clears throat> poker face. Yeah, you can't <laughs> see my face, but I've got a poker face on. Right, first one. I am brilliant at Connect4. Um, I was really good. So there was a, um, a little uh, tournament thing on in Thailand when I was over there. And if you didn't know, they're really good at, at Connect4 in Thailand. They actually hustle people. Um, so they tried to hustle me. And um, little did they know, I'm brilliant at Connect4 and I hustled them. So, so that was uh, that's one thing. Okay. Um, I, I met Andre Agassi in an airport in Vegas. Um, he actually turned around and said, um, when I asked him, could I take a picture with him? He was with his dad, I think, or his brother. <laughs> can't remember which one now. Um, and he actually said, oh yeah, definitely. I'll definitely take a picture with you because your accent is amazing. Um, okay. so that's, that's, that's one. <laughs> and another is I was once on channel five on a dating show on uh, so I was on TV. I had to sing to a girl who was blindfolded and she had to choose which one she wanted to, to take on a date. Um, and sadly, she didn't choose me. Okay, so the blindfold dating Channel Five show. Yeah. Okay. I'm just. I, yeah. I don't get much time to watch TV, but I feel like that's the kind of garbage I would have would have got onto my radar. <laughs> so I'll have a think about that. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> I'll have a think about that, and we'll talk about it at the end, and we'll work out which one is uh, which one is the lie. Okay. Cool. So. Uh, what I want to know about you, so we've met a bunch of times and we've never really talked mm-hmm. about this and everyone has a different answer. Yep. So how did you end up falling into the world of email? What's your sort of email origin story? Wasn't it your dream to be an email, no? Uh, yeah, I started off as a toddler. My first word was email. <laughs> and um, I was waiting around for email marketing to be invented for about 15 years. <laughs> and then here we are. <laughs> and then here we are. Um, no, I, I, I totally fell into it. Completely okay. by accident. Absolutely by accident. I, I studied politics at uni. Um, I took my first job on, which was a sales, uh, sales job. I was selling ad space in magazines um, for um, Haymarket business publications. Okay. And there was a magazine there at Haymarket called Revolution. Right. Um, which was a, uh, a magazine all about digital marketing, which makes complete, completely no sense at all now when you really <laughs> think about it. Um, but um, I started to sell bits and pieces in there. I was speaking to a woman at a company called Sign Up To, okay. which sadly actually Sign Up To are about to, they're about to um, cease trading. Oh, really? um, but, um, but yeah, there was a woman there, um, Donna. Um, if she's listening, thanks, Donna. Um, she didn't want she didn't want to buy anything from me, but she said, "You know what? You might be great for this." So, got me to come in for an interview. Um, and what was it now? Fifteen years later, 
here we are. Wow. And was that interview yeah. for for what was Dot Mailer? And this now. No, no, it was it was it was it was yeah, it was sign up to. Oh, okay, um, all right, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So I I I was um I was actually selling um the email platform at sign up to. And then, you know, gradually as the years went on, I joined Dot Mailer, mm. or what is now Dot Digital. Um, as the years went on, I moved sort of closer and closer to to client side things, understanding more about the client and sort of building them up, you know, from the uh, from the account management side of things, and then more and more into the actual theory and uh, thought leadership and yeah, as I said, here mm. we are. Yeah, um, a few years later. That's cool. So dot mailer or dot digital engagement cloud now, as I believe we're we're yeah, uh, mandated yeah. to call it. Is... We, we have to call it that. I, <laughs> I am a dot mailer person. I've got to say, I've been there. I've been there like eleven years now. Really? Wow. So I'm 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 used to saying dot mailer, but you know because I'm I've got my business hat on. Yeah, I yeah. To say dot digital engagement cloud. <laughs> it's such a um like muscle memory, like these rebrands and stuff. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. For at least, yeah. See, the one thing you man, you guys managed to do is like your rebrand has been pretty. This is what it is now. Like, there's mm-hmm. absolutely other other brands in the space. They've been bought by some of the big behemoths or and whatever. And yeah, literally the second page of the website is still back to, hey, here's you know, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. we used to be called. I mean, <clears throat> it's it's. I still have to every every now and then. I'll be like at a trade show. Oh mm. god, do you remember trade shows? You used to be able to go outside and meet people. Yeah, vaguely. Um, <laughs> trade shows, um, and you know, someone will come up to to the stand. And they'd look at the the software on a, like a video on loop right. and go, Ah, that looks like Dot Mailer. And we go, <laughs> No, no, it, it is. That's that's us. We've just rebranded. Nice. Um, so in some cases, it's it's been it's worked really well. You know, um, people have taken it on taken it on board and they've they've run with it. Yeah. In others, some people just haven't quite got it. Yeah, it's like this space though is you learn something and it's hard to unlearn it. Yeah, exactly. I think exactly. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Yeah, I was looking the other day. So dot mailer or dot digital does um, uh, a whole <laughs> bunch of other stuff now as well, right? Like so, there's the email bit, but then there's also like live chat and things. I didn't realize you guys did that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting stuff actually. Because I mean, we've been trying to fly that that omni-channel flag. Mm. Um, you know, lots of people are saying it, but very little actually sort of doing it. So yeah. we're trying to put um, other channels into play as well. So when when what what if you're not using email properly and you're not getting that engagement, at least you've got other channels you can fall back on yeah. to help complement and and tie in as well. So um SMS has definitely been one. Mm. Um kind of dabbling and got a few clients using um WhatsApp, which is a, another interesting channel. Okay. Um, well, so you can do you like said, sort of bulk commercial WhatsApp stuff, right? I didn't realize that. No, 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 not 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 in that respect. It's more um sort of um uh sort of updates and receipts oh, and, what mean, yeah. and pieces like that. Yeah. yeah. So almost like so, a, a transactional, transactional SMS. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um I think it's mostly because um well, I guess it's Facebook that own it, uh, WhatsApp. They're really sort of cautious about what they're doing with um, with the data and and troubling people with um, sort of mass mass messaging on on WhatsApp. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, th- there are companies out there um, yeah. that kind of use it in that way. I mean, I, I hope I don't get into trouble saying it. They're not a client <laughs> of ours, but um, um, Holiday Pirates is it? Okay. They um, they they use it in yeah. in that kind of way. I've definitely okay. seen it used in that kind of way, but um, 
it's 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 not really um for that 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 channel at the moment is is more as, as we said sort of transactional so yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting space to kind of move into yeah yeah um um and if you can get in there early i guess you know early adopters then then uh, you can kind of own that space but it's um yeah it's not for for mass mass marketing just yet yeah when um, i've seen it used commercially it's been almost like grassroots it's like the local gym or you know a nightclub yeah. or something like that will do it yeah. Like, yeah. I always think they're quite a good barometer for like, they'll find out a way to do stuff. And then the network, you know, the, the people who own these kind of things go, oh, look, people are using it for this. And they'll build a sort of feature that supports it or not, or yeah. shut it down and stuff. Like, yeah. they're always good to, to see what's going on because they'll always find the cheapest, you know, <laughs> cheapest, <laughs> most effective way to do it because it's kind of in their nature that, you know, very sort of bootstrapped and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, always find a, a good yardstick for this as well. When you're looking at different channels, is how would you like to yeah. to be um, sort of marketed um, um, to on it? Mm. And I kind of look at unless it's a really smart case of doing it, I kind of look at WhatsApp as my personal space. Yeah, you know, and I wouldn't necessarily want a brand to to sort of hammer me with with content on that. But if it was if it was useful stuff and it was used sort of sparingly. Yeah. then yeah maybe you know i could i could i could open up to it but it's it's um i've seen some sort of applications of it which you think oh, it could be quite smart but then i've seen stuff from netflix that it, i mean it's just i've had an sms um a whatsapp message a push notification from the app and an email all mm. in the same sort of two two minutes all saying exactly the same thing and it just felt like uh, that's that's too much that's too yeah much. You, you sort of, overbearing me yeah i've seen that like i've noticed it with especially the sort of automatic transactional stuff like yeah um we have one of those doorbells where like you uh if someone walks past it sends you a, a message right um, and uh i i turned all that off because I, like, I don't need to know when people are walking past obviously if the doorbell goes off then it will tell me and whatever oh, there you go yeah. yeah but um my mate has it and she has it so that she gets a text message everyone some every time someone goes past the front door which nah. is ridiculous <laughs> like, nah. what are you too doing? much yeah too like, much you shouldn't even let people do that you know yeah um yeah but yeah it's that's... like um do you do, on my on my um my apple watch mm. i have got um i've got most of the time i've got um whatsapp switched off right yeah it, it was just pinging especially if i'm a, in a group or something yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's just peeing constantly. So yeah. too many notifications kills it. Yeah, see that's yeah. interesting as well, because your point about like putting yourself in the in that position, right? Quite often mm. I remember like the Apple Watch, when that first came out, a lot of this discussion was like, oh, we can use this for email and we'll use this and here's what it means. And actually <laughs> none of that is relevant. <laughs> like you kind of need to let people use it and see and then Yeah you know yeah. and then sort of mold your marketing approach around it and stuff like that a bit yeah like i don't mind getting um i don't mind getting like a a really important notification for an email popping up on my watch mm. but then that comes down to my settings the way I, I sort of set things up i don't want to be that sort of thing left to brands to yeah. choose you know if you're going to send me an email it pings up on my watch, you know, because yeah. then that's too much. There's there's way too much coming through, and it's actually quite distracting. Yeah. Um, rather than being kind of you know useful or anything like that. 
Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think, well, maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not ready for that sort of stuff yet, but I don't think that's that's the, the right application. I think email um, to your inbox and, mm. and working on a, on, a, on a good way to to get that to display right, yeah. um, look great, but also let people know exactly what's what's in store for them. Yeah. Uh, strong, strong subject lines, et cetera, all that, 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 that type of stuff. So... Um, yeah, I mean your your point about like um, uh, the what they call like the the messages when you get an app sends you a message. <laughs> oh well, oh push, oh push, push notifications. notifications. That's it. Um, yeah. So like my friend Will has this issue, right? Like he has because um, he lives in East London, he has someone do his washing for him. And um, <laughs> is that because it's just because he lives in East London? Yeah, you know those sort of hipster apps you get. Like you press a button and right, someone, okay. an Uber driver comes and gets your your pants or whatever. Um, yeah. So he has this thing, and he has notifications turned on because he wants the app to tell him when to go and pick his stuff up, which is a legitimate right. use case, right? And you want that, yeah, so you'll yeah. you'll give it permission to basically come through to your watch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they abuse it and they use it for marketing. Um, uh, so they'll send offers and say, hey, you know, why don't you, whatever, bring one trouser and get the other half done for free or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's not, you, you need notifications turned on to use the service, but they're abusing it. Yeah. And they kind of know that. And I think that's a little, you know, it's not it's not putting yourself in the place of the, the user, right, I guess. Yeah. But I mean that that brings us right back to sort of email and mm. and great uses of of preference centers and actually um you know listening to what people are telling us that they want to hear. Yeah. You know, if 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 you abuse the medium, whatever medium it is, you'll mm. lose it. Yeah, yeah. And then quickly you'll be the first person complaining that well, <laughs> I sound like I'm. <laughs> I'm actually talking uh, as a client has, has talked to us before. Um, we're not making as much money as we used to with email. Right. Well, surprise, surprise! You've you've hammered people. You've, yeah. Um, and his word, I don't use often. You've spammed people, <laughs> and and then and then you turn around and you say, well, actually, you know, it's not making as much money as we used to. Um, how can we um, how can we do that? How can we change our fortunes around? Yeah. Well. Actually, if you did what we said, you know, not not use it sparingly. It's not it's not that you have to use it sparingly. You just have to use it in the right way. Um, you know, mm. get preferences from people, put together some really good content, which isn't always salesy. You know, mm. sometimes you actually have to shock horror, talk about your product and why you know why you're the best at what you do. You know, yeah, yeah. unique well, selling points and stuff you, like that. that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how you know why are you useful? And then you know, try to try to to build it in a certain way that people actually look at your content and think, I don't want that T-shirt today, yeah. but these guys actually write some cool stuff and they've actually pushed me to other brands or, you know, they've opened doors up to other um, bits and pieces, content that I might find interesting. And that's why I'm staying engaged with them. Mm. But also, oh yeah, they do have that T-shirt in that new color, you know, yeah, that, that type of thing. So, so that's interesting. So there's a couple of things there. So I always find it interesting when, a marketing platform that was in email moves into different channels because you bring a, across a lot of the ideas of email into those channels. Like it might be yeah. the push notifications. No one ever thought about preference centers. Um, mm -hmm. And actually that's really useful. So it's interesting to see that kind of stuff. You know, like we've been doing this a long time and there's lots of stuff that actually we could pull through into these yeah. other disciplines. Um, but also your point about getting the message across and, and being useful, mm. like that's kind of 
what we should be doing all the time, right? Like, um, <laughs> but when people talk about this idea of like text messages are very immediate, right? Like, and you look at every text message, or at least you scan it to see whether you want to ignore it or not. Um, I think it's like a ninety-eight percent read rate. On, yeah, on yeah, text, exactly. So, which is yeah. you know, it's a kind of it's great power, but it's also a great responsibility thing, and it's there's a big opportunity mm. to go wrong there. Um, but what's yeah. interesting about email, where historically we haven't thought about it like this, perhaps, is a bit treating email maybe a bit more like a sort of social stream. Like if you like, there's people I follow on Instagram, and if they have a off photo, I'll just ignore it and scroll past. Yeah. Um, I won't unfollow them. I won't, you know, whatever. Exactly. Unsubscribe, yeah. you know. Like, I'll just go, oh, that's fine. That's not for me. I'll read the next thing. Like, yeah. And that mentality into email, I think, is really interesting because that means that while we obviously should endeavor to to send, you know, the most relevant, most useful, what's the, the phrase that everyone trots off? The um, best right, right message, right yeah. person, right time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, just that that stuff over there. Yeah, obviously, we should always try and do that, right? Like that's that's pretty yeah. pretty common. But if you don't, if you happen to get the wrong message, I think increasingly, so people are a lot more tolerant, and they'll go, "Okay, that's fine. I still like the brand. I'll just get the next yeah. one." Um, exactly. Yeah. And our approach to that, you know, we've always kind of said, "Oh, numbers have gone down," but you know, sometimes we think, "Oh, it's okay. Numbers have gone down. We'll do better next time," rather than yeah, seeing it as like a a, a big thing that has to change everything, I guess. Yeah. Look, look I'm, I'm not saying that um, I sound like a kind of utopian utopian <laughs> guy, but I'm not saying that you shouldn't look look to make money off email. I mean, mm. we would the, the DMA. What they say is that the the um, return on on uh, an investment for email is forty two pounds twenty four. Wow. For every email sent out. So you know that 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 tells us something about the the medium. Yeah, yeah. But it it. And you want to make money. You definitely want to make money. You know, mm. we're all in this to, to to actually make make a make a buck at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. But if you abuse the subscribers you have or fans, mm. as I heard it called the other day, and I think that's a great way of looking fans at it. Fans is nice. Fans is a nice word. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at them as fans, then you won't. You probably won't abuse them. Yeah. Because without those people, you have nothing. Yeah. You know. So I think. When, when, especially when I talk to to brands, anyway, if it, they're trying to get some some sort of buy in um, from the powers that be and and try and try and spend a little bit more in email because they see what's 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 happening is working, mm. is to do like a, a simple sort of value of email assessment. You okay. know, work out how much one contact on your database is worth. Yeah. If you try and figure that out, and you can figure that out, then it should be simple. You should be looking at you know your whole database and going, well, shit. You know, yeah. oh, am I allowed to say? Am yeah, I allowed yeah. to say you shit? Can, you can say whatever you want. That's all good. I said <laughs> sorry. I said I've said shit three times now. Um, so you know, you can look at your database and say shit. It's worth it's worth X amount. Yeah. Am I really you know prepared to throw away you know a third of it just by treating them badly and not actually sending them what they want? Mm. Um, so if you let if you let their sort of interest um, sort of guide the way, then um, you know then you can uh, you can make the win. It's our little monster. Got a little marketing. I know you love <laughs> The uh, benefits of working from home. Sorry. You should keep that in. Yeah, I think we'll keep that in. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, you're right. And I think that that's really like if you if you worked out your value, you know, yeah. like, how, how much is 
even one user worth to you. And obviously, it's going to be different for exactly. different users and all that kind of thing. But what that means as well is you can then work out the cost of acquisition, right? And whether, yeah. like, realistically, is it worth... Like, I remember I worked with one brand once years ago, and they literally just gave the money. They were like, here's 15 quid. Like, there you go. <laughs> Right, come and be on our email list. It's worthwhile. I mean, yeah. it's there's so many brands that if they just looked at the value of the email address, mm. um, they'd be able to do so much more with it. Yeah. They, they'd really they'd invest a lot more. Um, I think, uh, you know, all the ESPs, whenever whenever we're, we're together, we, we say that email is comparatively is very cheap, mm. you know, versus everything else. Um, so, you know, if if we put a little bit more um value on it if people could see the value in it then you know you could actually we could actually sell a, a lot more i guess yeah. um but i think a lot of people do struggle in terms of working out um what their database is actually worth yeah that's true and i mean i suppose you can historically look back right you can say right this is what it was worth because we did this and we did, made this much money off it but that's only part of the picture yeah yeah no, you could look at one campaign yeah and go oh this campaign made x amount but you know, you have you looked at um, your actual your actual um, contacts? Like, what are they worth to you? Um, yeah. So there's 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 a lot that there's a lot can be done there. Yeah. Um, I think I think they just needs in some cases a little bit of a helping hand, or as we were talking about before, looking at um, other channels to to give it the helping hand. And mm. you mentioned you mentioned live chat earlier. Yeah. And I think live chats are sort of a great sort of um addition to the mix because especially now when people have been working from home mm. or not allowed to 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 open up stores like retail stores right yeah. um we've seen we've seen a shift of, of people sort of using the um live chats um to have the the shop floor workers talk to people online because they know all about the products in store um, and they can just sort of redistribute that um, that sort of resource. So oh, that's cool. So what's so the kind of journey there is what? So like you get an email saying, "Hey, do you want to buy this T-shirt or something?" Jump onto the website, and then you can chat with people. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool, isn't it? Effectively, that. Yeah, yeah. especially for people who actually know the products and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's probably the the, the issue, isn't it? You know, yeah. you you've got you'll get someone at head office that might be manning the the live chat, mm. and they haven't they haven't lived and breathed it all. <laughs> they haven't seen the product. They yeah. haven't had had someone come in and try it on and have the sort of questions that you might have um, in store. So you know, if you can just kind of transfer those people and and, and use their expertise elsewhere, mm. I think. Um, I think that's really nice. But then, you know, it's a nice addition to, to email. Reminds me a bit of that thing where, I think less so now, but like brands would just give social media to the intern. They're like, oh, well, you know Snapchat, go and do that. <laughs> like, it's like, you're, it's like, you know, you're, you're empowering, giving over the communication for the entirety of your brand to just someone who, yeah. like, just because yeah. you don't want to bother understanding it. Like, take it seriously and you get said- people getting the most out of it. Yeah, exactly. But you say you say Snapchat, but hold on, how many times has that happened? Well, in, yeah. in, in email as well. Like you oh, speak yeah, to a absolutely. brand and you go, So uh, what are you trying to achieve here? And they're like, oh, I don't really know. I've yeah. you know, it's my first week, I've been put in charge of email. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. All mm. right. How have you seen that over the years? Like that's definitely something I would say that happened a huge amount a few years ago, right? Like you speak to someone yeah. and it'd literally be like, Yeah, I don't know what you know, I don't know what I'm doing, basically. You know, I've, I've just been given an email. Like, it's landed at my door. It's my first week, whatever. And 
inexplicably I'm now in charge of the the highest revenue generating channel. Um, yeah, exactly. Because no one yeah. else could be bothered with it. Because no one else bothers with it. No one gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have you seen like that? That's changed, or is it? Are we still there? No, I think I think we have changed. I think it has changed. There's there's um, the role itself now. I think more people are aware of it. Mm. Um, I think more people understand the mechanics of it. Um, but unfortunately, there's still that that mentality from the heads of that um, it's it should be simple. Yeah. We send out, we make money from it, gone yeah done you know and it's it's not that simple if it was that simple then you know i, I guess we wouldn't be around mm. <laughs> That's true, yeah. you know yeah. you know you wouldn't have to have someone design uh, you know beefly created email and you know have you know um all sorts of um imagery going on in there and and thinking about the placement of a link and you mm. know color and all that all that sort of stuff if if that was simple then you guys wouldn't be around That's true. and then if if the the sort of application of, of certain tools like understanding RFM modeling or you know personas and segmentation mm. and automation all that if that stuff was was relatively simple then I probably wouldn't have a job <laughs> um, you know but it, it's it, it, we're just not I don't think um, enough brands put in our value on it and although you don't see as many people now who have you know interned first week yeah, yeah you do email. There's still, I don't think it's filtered all the way up to the top for people to 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 see the the actual value of it and what can be achieved. I wonder if it will just by virtue of like it being, you know, the the head of marketing now. Five mm-hmm. years ago, they were the the intern that was given email. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we might not be quite there, yeah. but it might be that as as these people get more advanced in their career and, and sort of climb the ladder a bit, it might be that they kind of bring email with them a bit. It'd be quite nice if they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode of Email Talk is sponsored by Taxi for Email. If you're an email marketer, you need Taxi. We help everyone on your team make their best email. Designers and developers build awesome email design systems with Taxi. They build out their best HTML, then they use Taxi Syntax to precisely set out how it is then used by content writers, so you can give them the flexibility they need whilst keeping everything on brand and keeping your code intact. Copywriters in Taxi focus on content and not code. They write directly into the email, so they're creating everything in context. That means you can create better content that engages people more and ultimately gets you better results. If you're a marketer, you can dig into things like segmentation, personalization, managing link tracking, making multiple versions of things, and most importantly, you can see what everyone on the team is doing and help them along their way. And once you're done, you can sync Taxi with whatever platform you use to send email. If that sounds good, we'd love to show you more. Go to taxiforemail.com and hit request a demo so we can chat about how Taxi can help your team create their best email. Well, the, 
the other interesting thing is, you know, the younger generation, how they view and how they see email. So, oh, yeah, let's talk about I this. See... What's your what's your view on this? Are the kids doing email? <laughs> Are the kids Around the doing back email? Back of the bike My My theory on this is um, they do... I'm not going to say it now. I always love when I say do-do. Um, they, do, they do do email. Okay. <laughs> I'm such a child. <laughs> <laughs> they do do email, but they um, they probably see it completely different from the way we see it because maybe they're not using it for work just yet. Okay. When they start to use it in more of a, a working capacity, they may start mm. to see the benefits of it and then start to use it more in their personal lives. That's right. that's that's kind of the way I, I see things. But um, more and more, you're seeing the younger generation um, using things like, as we were talking about, you know, near enough the beginning um mm. uh, sms whatsapp instagram i mean I'm, I'm i'm addicted to it as well but instagram <laughs> and and those those sorts of channels um yeah and they're probably used to going on a website instead of picking up the phone and trying to speak to someone in a call center or you know contact us they're probably more more likely to hit the um the live chat button so right, yeah th- i think what you try and do there is you try and capture them in those other channels and feed them into email because email's not going anywhere. I think it's the key. It sort of joins everything up together. Mm. Um, and I think we just have to use it in a better way. There was an example. I had a text from Goost. Is it Gusto? Gusto? Gusto Box? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I've that? seen them, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I got a text message from them. And then it said, look out for an email we're going to send you with a really exciting um, venture um, offer, etc." And straight away, I saw the text message. I was like, oh, yeah, great. Went to my email. There it was. Away we go. You know, that's cool. I think, I think that's, the, that's the way that you would get the younger generation into, into email. Because mm. um, I don't think they quite use it in the way that we expect, to, uh, expect them to use it. Or the way that... Yeah, like it's, it's quite joined up as well, right? Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I like the... I, I, think, I think you're right. Like the... This idea of like... You know the kids don't use email or whatever. Like, <laughs> kids, they don't have mortgages. They don't have credit cards. Like, right. they're not going anywhere either. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of it is just by virtue of not having, you know, not having a full time career job yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, so I think they do kind of grow into it. Um, but you're right. Like the way that they use it is different, and also the way that they use other channels is going to impact how they engage with email. Like if they're used to scrolling through Instagram. And then they jump into email, and it's all of a sudden it's five paragraphs of text. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to switch off yeah. <laughs> with that kind of mentality. But then, you know, want to ask them if if that's the way you want to use email, would you prefer to have, you know, a wordy version or more of a mm. sort of an image heavy? Um, this guy's against what we used to say back in the day. Oh, <laughs> don't use too many images. But you know, yeah. um, that if you give them the option, maybe they could they could use their email in the same way they use. Um, um, Instagram, just sort of scrolling yeah, through, yeah. and when they hit when they hit something, then away you go. I, I mean, t- yeah. to be honest, I kind of use my email in that way. I know what content I'm going to get from certain brands. I know that if I want to sit and read something, then there's that there. Or I know that this brand is going to drive me to a page on their website where I can have more of a read. Or mm. this brand is going to show me the trainers that I've been looking at for a long time that I know I shouldn't buy, but I'm going to buy anyway because I'm a trainer addict. Um, <laughs> all, all of those things. So, uh, you know, it's, I think lots of people 
sort of triage and go through their inboxes in loads of different ways i think it's it's our job really to kind of understand how they do that and what they're looking for and then try to try to give them more of what they need yeah he uh, says absolutely yeah it's simple <laughs> it's simple right yeah <laughs> it would be really interesting to pull through some of that um i guess mentality into how we treat email strategy like you know quite often we'll look at things and we'll it's very much like our expectation is people are hanging on our uh, every email you know and yeah. they're sitting there waiting around and their life is paused until they get the next email from us and that's yeah. that's not how people live <laughs> and they'll you know they'll remember the email we sent six months ago and therefore we can't do this or whatever you know like yeah. how much more of that kind of not just social but you know like that kind of mentality of, of how how people behave now we could pull into our longer term strategy as well as just the creative and mm. how we how we treat the imagery and all the rest of it. Yeah. Cool. That's really interesting. So one little thing. So you mentioned leadership there. Um uh-huh. part of your role, I suppose, is you're working with marketing teams as a almost like a sort of in-house consultant, right? As a yeah. Yeah. um to help them do better and to get them obviously using more of the, the tools you have, but also getting more out of the channel and getting engagement and all the rest of it um have you ever come up against leadership or had to sort of empower you know your your people on the on the brand side to then get leadership buy-in like have you ever had any challenges around that or have you got any thoughts on yeah places where we get stuck and then ways to to combat them um unfortunately yes all the time (laughs) it's it's, that that is uh that's a constant sort of worry or woe um, mm. it's, it comes down to, it comes down to understanding what the KPIs are, are actually for that, that business. Um, okay. it's, you might get in some cases, it might just be, look, the money will come in. We just have to make sure we get all the opens. So open mm. rates have to be high. Well then, you know, then, then you start to, you can tweak bits and pieces to make sure open rates high. But, um, mostly it's a case of, as I was saying, um, the, the value, um, that we were recouping back on this particular campaign needs to be through the roof right so uh, i you know there's there's little things you can do you can start to as, as we were talking about sort of looking at your database um mm. segment it and make sure that each thing you're sending out is relevant for the audience you're actually selling to yeah but i think it all comes back it's all linked back to a very simple exercise that we perform really um which is that that value of email address you know, really breaking down exactly what one individual email is worth. Mm. Once you've got that, as I said, you can work out the rest of your database, how much your database is actually worth. And mm. God forbid you're collecting more data on people. That's only <laughs> going to add more value yeah. to it. Um, then if you can sort of relay that information back to the, you know, the, the leadership team, the powers that be, whatever you want to call them, then straight away you can start to say, look, if we start to do X, Y, and Z, we might sort of really um, hit the value of this this uh, this database, or we can start to do things in a slightly different way. Um, you know, we know that Joe Blogs is worth this much, and hopefully we can keep that value um, level. And if it dips off, what we're doing is wrong. We need to sort of pick up and change that. Mm. I think I think far too often the almighty dollar is going to be what. Um, changes the mind of that <laughs> that leadership team and um and to be fair that's it's a good it's a good sort of use um 
of the the data and the information you have on on your database it's a good use of that really because then you can start to see if what you're doing if you're true pure play email marketer you can start to see if what you're doing actually works and then ultimately that should you know turn into to money which will mean that your bosses are going to be sort of switched on and actually listen to (laughs) to what you're what you're doing yeah yeah that's useful because that kind of um the the value of a specific user or person or whatever, sometimes that's almost like an internal tool that we use as marketers. Yeah. And then when we go to speak to the board, we go, oh, well, open rates are up. Like, but actually <laughs> um, taking that and, you know, talking about that kind of stuff with, with leadership is really valuable because not only does it, um, it gives them something a bit more nuanced to think about. Yeah. And obviously there's a bit more like, well, put more money in here and more money comes out there. Yeah. Like it's a bit more, uh, a bit more, I guess possible than just open rates go up and therefore money. Yeah. Um, but also it shows that we've done our homework a bit. Exactly. Um, Cause you can get a high open rate by, you know, swearing in the subject line or something. Of course you like, can. There's that, loads that's of going to yeah. trash your brand, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> whereas, yeah, doing, showing that we've actually dug into, you know, the, the, this is why we've got these people on our list and they're the valuable ones. And we think this is worth this much, you know, like it shows you've actually thought about it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, builds trust and all the rest of it. So thanks for thanks for your um, your time and, and background on that. That's, no, that's worries. Really cool. no worries. No um, worries. Feels like at the moment your job is a lot of talking about this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, I think um, people are going to be fed up of my voice, basically. Um, yeah, there you go. That's all good. So um, to finish up, but you did mention. Your uh, trainer theme, yeah, theme. yeah. So what's let's talk about that. So what's your uh, what, what's your trainer collection like? Um, it's it's vast. Um, <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot of it. There's at the moment I'm in between places of you know I'm doing I bought a place and I'm gonna be doing that that up. So I've got a storage I've got a storage oh, okay. unit. <laughs> oh, are you quarantined away from your sneakers? I've got a lot of trainers in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But while but while we have been in lockdown, I have bought a couple of new pairs, um, <laughs> and it's I mean it's silly really because I've got nowhere to wear them. But you know I've mm. got I've bought a few new pairs. But I I like if anyone wants to donate any um, sneakers to the um, the Gavin Outreach Fund, um, <laughs> uh, Nikes I do like Nikes. I'm a size eight, yeah. which I understand size eight is sample size. So if you want yeah, me to is. wear your shoes. And I can take a picture of them when we're let back out in, in the world again, or even just, you know, mm. around around the flat. You know, send me pairs. I will happily wear them, um, and um, I'll give them a good home. So, yeah. That is, size 8 is also counterfeit size. Like, if you go to the market in Thailand, um, <laughs> that's where all the size 8s are in the little uh, shrink wrap for, for $10 a piece. Well, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Not that I would endorse wearing fake, fake. Well, yes, yeah, I'm size like 11, 12. Also, uh, people are sending sending trainers out. Um, but um, yeah, so I went to Thailand and I was like, oh, these look great, but I can't, I can't have any fake whatever they yeah. were. They're fake vapes, I think, at the time. Oh God, yeah. No, I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I mean, no yeah. one else would know, but I would know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your top three? What would you? Oh, you can't do that to me. I can't. I I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't possibly. There's. There, mm, yeah. Oh, I've got. I've got a pair of. Um, 
I've got a pair of Jordans that um, will I've never worn before. Um, yeah. So they're, they're yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, they're um, Jordan Elevens, I believe. Okay. Yeah, um, Space Jams. Um, oh, nice. Which they're 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 boxed. I've I've, I've, I've only like... tried them on once, and I've never worn them out anywhere. So that you know the soles are completely clean, and that's yeah. really geeky of me. But that's it. Yeah. You need a toothbrush and baby wipes. That's what they do it there. But yeah, don't, they they are they are my absolute babies. I, I do love them. Yeah. That's cool. I had I used to have lots of trainers and sneakers and stuff, and then I, um, I kind of I wouldn't say grew out of it, but <laughs> I got a mortgage. <laughs> And there aren't go, yeah. any anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have uh I've got the Ferris Bueller dunks. They they live in my office. Oh nice. Um and they're quite hard quite hard to get hold of now because they're yeah. like SB ones, so I've yeah. got some of those. And I've got uh there's some Jordans somewhere, but they're like they're sort of one of the mill Jordans, but like they're still nice. I like like to take some Jordans out here and there, so yeah. Oh nice. Outdoors ones, but they're, they're not going to be in a museum. But they're still good to have. I I I, I feel like we could talk a lot longer about um, <laughs> yeah. sneakers. Um, yeah, we'll start a sneaker podcast. I well, I mean, we could we could probably jump on someone else's and yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I I love them so much. And the worst thing in the world is someone told me about Twitter. There's like a GB sneak sneaker deals. And okay. that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me because <laughs> when you think that you've got enough and you don't need any more, they'll pump out a, a tweet and there'll be an offer on something that you, you want. Mm. So, I feel like that whole this whole sneaker culture is a, a a case study in revival marketing and, and retro marketing and things like that. There's so much to learn in that. It's insane to take a product that has been out for possibly 10, 20 years yeah. Um, well, was released 20 years ago or something, and then to re-release it, and then all of a sudden, this new generation cannot get enough of it. It's, mm. it's crazy. It's um, yeah. yeah, it's insane. You ever been to? Uh, I was in New York a while ago. It's going to be dated now, of course. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, what's the place in New York? Um, flight school. Oh, flight club. Uh, flight, flight club. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I, yeah. I used to when I when I I lived out there for a couple of couple of years, and okay, it was flight club was on my way to and from um home so i used to walk oh, back and just sort of put my head in and yeah they're sort of wrapped <laughs> in cellophane and and everything and kind of go yeah, yeah i might get that and, yeah oh. i was there once and there was some obviously incredibly rich kids who dragged their mum in there and i was like i don't i try not to judge people but i was like get out <laughs> <laughs> But that's the see, that's the thing that really kills me now. I want to get a pair and I can't get a pair because all these twelve yeah. year olds who's people have bought them all up. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> they, they, oh, yeah. yeah. This gets no, me like up more than uh, one to rock and run to stock is a good good metaphor, but also ooh, ooh, it cuts I, the inventory in half, right? Yeah, exactly. I I I can't I can't afford to do that one, but you know, yeah. also Every pair of, of shoes I have, bar those those Jordans, have seen the light of day. And, you mm. know, they, they get outside and people will see them and there'll be a potential person that steps on them. So, <laughs> See, my strategy now is just the same converse. 
Boop. I go in. Yeah. And I say I have the same converse. Yeah. That is the end of the discussion. I don't need to try them on. Yeah. Go in. Go in the back. Get them. I will yeah. pay for them, and then yeah. that will be this done. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what's scaring scaring me is I am I'm approaching that. I'm in, moving into that phase. So I'm being, yeah. it's, a, it's a good face to be in. There it's very Larry David face. Very Larry David. You should have that as your outro music. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do that. We'll get hold of that. <laughs> cool. Right. <laughs> so, a couple of things. So, I have on my list of things to ask mm-hmm. um, a, a book that has changed your work or personal life. Right. And I can see the answer, and I can see what it's we're just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. You know what? I I always thought I knew the story of this, and I didn't. Mm. So, Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's okay. story. Um, I I didn't realise that. Um, you know, Onitsuka Tigers. That was that was him. You know. They, right. Yeah. They, they, that, that was yeah. That was uh, you know shoes um, you know made by by him and his his coach. Um, so for a long time he was just selling tigers on Itsuka. Yeah, that's that's his thing. And eventually they they developed something that um, was similar to a to a Cortez. I'm being really sad and geeky now. Um, <laughs> but then decided to, to 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 run their own thing. But the the reason why I said shoe dog is because um, not. Not just because it's a, a shoe book, but more because mm. um, it kind of shows that it's something from nothing. I always thought that Phil Knight had maybe some 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 backing, and he he came from money or something like that. But he kind of really did kind of you know grow this thing from from nothing upwards and really push the the agenda forward. And, mm. and I kind of think of that about that when whenever I do bits of email is is to is to kind of you know push the agenda test you know don't be afraid to sort of fail if it, yeah. if it does fail learn from those mistakes and, and really sort of push forward and, and do something something new so th- there's a lot of things I've, I've taken away from that but but i think it's this sort of um, never give up mentality and, and keep sort of keep pushing because who would have thought putting an air bubble into a trainer would work um <laughs> yeah you know, here we are so, right? <laughs> so you know there you go it's it's, it's yeah. that type of thing so i, I do love that's that that's a good show I did literally just order it, so it's on my desk. Oh, um, <laughs> it's a great read. It it's a great read. Yeah. I was watching one of those, uh, you know, like everyone's doing live stream call things. Yeah. And I was, um, I was watching this guy I met in Atlanta, and he was doing one of those on LinkedIn, LinkedIn video thing, and he, they were talking about it, so I, I ordered it, but yeah. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. But looking at the back, there mm-hmm. is a pull quote. says, this beautiful, startling, intimate book, candid, funny, suspenseful, literary, that's, it doesn't make sense as a sentence, but anyway, um, Andre Agassi said that. So that gets us neatly back to our ah, there you the go. three facts, see? There you go. This is all incredibly well planned. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, so I put that back on my big pile of books that I'm probably never going to read. Um, <laughs> <laughs> looks nice in the background of my video. There you least. go. So your three things. So I'm brilliant at Connect Four. Whilst in Thailand, some guys tried to hustle me and I ended up hustling them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, met Andre, Andre Agassi at Vegas Airport. So it was a pleasure for him to take a pic because he loved your accent. Mm-hmm. And you were on a Channel 5 dating show. Girl was blindfolded and I had to sing to her. Hmm. Yep. I'm going to go with... I don't know. I feel like there's a half-truth in all of these. Okay. Um... <laughs> I was going to say where you on uh, the Channel Four dating show, the one where <laughs> the the reveal 
the whatever it's called. <laughs> the one where they're, they're all basically naked. No, <laughs> not good on that one. That. <laughs> <laughs> not not I, good I on that talking, one. I was talking with some guys in the States and they're like, this is legitimately on TV. I was like, yeah, I'm not making yeah. this up. Yeah. And it's also it's the least pornographic thing ever. Yeah, oh <laughs> God, it's it's called Naked, it's, naked Attraction. Naked Attraction, that's oh. it. <laughs> The most awkward television. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so it wasn't that. So that's good. Um, I'm going to go with Andre Agassi in the airport. I feel like for some reason, there's don't know that doesn't add up to me, but I don't know why. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. So which one? Which one is the lie? The the lie is Connect Four. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um. Fair enough. I'm, I'm actually not that great at Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I did meet Andre Agassi in Vegas Airport. I was coming back from uh, from oh god, was it uh, Imagine or something like that? I think it might have been. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And um, he was there in, directly in front of me, and um, <laughs> he was with I can't remember it was his brother or his dad. I can't remember which one. But right. I just said, "Do you mind?" And he literally said, "As I said, do you mind?" He goes, "Oh my god, with that accent, sure." I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, it awesome. was on a Channel Five show. Yeah, I'll dig through YouTube and find that. Oh, I <laughs> hope not. I always find it hard to do the the hey like to a celebrity thing. Like, yeah, I was in. Uh, I was just coming back from Unspam in sort of outside Atlanta, and I bumped into um, what's his face at the airport? Um, the guy who he was at the Dot Digital Summit. Um, oh, not um, not. Um... Oh the, God! The um, guy from Cheek. Cheek, yeah. Um, oh God! No, Neil. Ne- uh, no, not Neil. Niall Rogers. <laughs> no, Niall Rogers. Rogers because we were joking around in the studio, and we were like, "Oh, I bet he's called Neil." But he isn't. Obviously, <laughs> but he hates it when people call him Neil, like, Neil. like Colin Powell. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I bumped into him, and I literally bumped into him, and said, "Oh, sorry," and I didn't realise who it was. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to then be like, "Oh, can you just sign?" You know, <laughs> he he shook my hand at the summit. That was that was literally like, and, and it's it was live on his um his um Instagram. Oh, that's right, yeah, it's on his Instagram. Wasn't it was it? on his Instagram live. So that yeah. moment is you know, it's there forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. He feels like a just a super cool guy. Like it's one of those people that's just like timeless and cool. Exactly, exactly that. Thank you so much to Gavin for joining us. We've got lots more to come on Email Talk. You can find us on your favorite podcast player and also at emailtalk.co. There's two things you can do to help us. If you can, we'd love you to leave a review or a rating on iTunes. And also please share this podcast with other people that you know who work in email. Thanks and we'll see you next time.